The RPG After Years is part of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Find out more at probablywork.com. Do you like video games? Ever thought about making a video game? Do you find that a week or two weeks is kind of short for a game jam? Well, have I got the game jam for you with the We Can Make This Work Probably Game Jam. The jam runs from April 20th to June 9th to provide a nice amount of time for you to make something cool. And the theme is, if you can smell that fat, you're not far enough apart. Shout out to the Lebanon Main Fire Department for this meme. Check out the link in the description for more information and to figure out how to join and submit. Have fun! Welcome to the RPG After Years, your weekly show covering all things RPGs uh, from the past, present, and also the future. Uh, so this is episode 16 of the After Years, but also it's episode 100 of just the, the RPG series in general. So that's awesome. Uh, so I'm Jay. And I'm Rich. And I am Scotty Too Hottie. Oh, yes, you are. So today we are finally going to be bringing this crazy Final Fantasy VII Remake review to an end. Before we jump back into the review, let's go ahead and do our weekly catch-up. So, actually, uh, I think Bill is joining us for this particular segment. How's it going, hey, hey, Bill? Yeah, not too bad. Glad to be uh, back on the main show for a change. Yeah. What? So, what is this? What is happening? Yeah. <laughs> so, as we mentioned, the next two weeks as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As we mentioned, uh, this is the 100th episode 
of like the the RPG year series in total. Uh, so we have Bill on to commemorate this special occasion. Uh, so he's going to participate in our catch up, and then we're gonna uh, reminisce about the old days. So how about you kick us off, Bill? What have you been up to? Uh, so recently, I've uh, I've been playing a game called uh, Trowels in the Sky, uh, which is a uh, part of the Legends of Heroes series that was suggested to me by uh, Caleb Michaels, who uh, joined us for our Alandra review, which we're going to be hearing hearing over the next two weeks. And uh, yeah, that game's awesome. Absolutely. Trails really, really of the really Sky, good. Trials of the Sky, Trials of the Sky. Is it Trials or Trolls? Trolls, trolls yeah, of trolls. the Sky. Yeah, trolls <laughs> in the Sky. So it's a uh, sequel to the movie Trolls, the musical <laughs> game. It's kind of like uh, when you hear Trails of Cold Steel. I see a lot of people accidentally say uh, Trials of Cold Steel. So, <laughs> yeah, but it's it's a really good it's a really good fun little RPG. Uh, some PSP. Uh, I've been playing Grandia Two as well, trying to get back to where I was before my uh, my save state absolutely um, screwed me out. Uh, I don't think we've talked of... about that on the show, have we? <clears throat> have you not? Oh, I don't really want to get into it. (laughs) (laughs) It was very painful, and I lost eight hours of progress. So, Um, well, I say eight hours because that's where I've got back to. Uh, Also, uh, Final Fantasy Adventure. Uh, That's Rich's fault. (laughs) (laughs) Decided to start playing a list game out of order, so I felt like I had to sort of uh, put some hours into it. Uh, I'm probably about a quarter of the way through it at the moment. It's uh, it's fun actually. It's the first man game in the series, and then also um, it is. It's, it's, actually, like, it's actually quite enjoyable. It's I'd not say like so too far, retro or anything. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's very like it's very retro because it's an old Game Boy game. I'd say it's better than um, um, Final Fantasy uh, Legend, the first hmm. saga game. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it's re- it's really good. It's on it's on the it's on the mana thing, anyway, isn't it? On um, <clears throat> I, have, on the I have a question. Yeah. What is the saga? <laughs> I need a saga. What's the saga? <laughs> Man, I haven't heard that in forever. <laughs> I can't wait to bring that back. I'm sure uh, I think uh, the second saga game's coming up soon as well. And then, yeah, then I've just been playing uh, Streets of Rage 4. <clears throat> because uh, I love Streets of Rage, and I can't believe they made a new game of it. It's really good. How is that? I've heard good things. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, I still think I prefer Streets of Rage 2, but I think that's just pure nostalgia goggles on. But uh, I really, really like it. Uh, I need to play. I need to, I need to put some more time in it and un- unlock some characters. I need to unlock Skate. I love Skate. I, so I seem to be the it, only person in the world who loved it. As someone who's never played a Streets of Rage game, what is it about that series that makes it better than you know your standard beat 'em up? Uh, yeah, so uh, side scrolling beat 'em up game. Um, just I don't know. It's just really, really fun. It's very 80s. Uh, the music's very sort of rocky techno, and um, oh, I just loved it. That sounds you cool know, to me. Probably one of the be- probably one of the best games on the Genesis. So, <laughs> so is that Absolutely it? Amazing. Yeah, yeah, I really, I, I do suggest it. You know, it's just I can't. You know, what can you say about a side-scrolling beat 'em up to say it's better than the other side-scrolling beat 'em ups? Yeah, it's just got that. It's just got that niche to it. It's just, just, got, just leaves that lovely taste in your mouth when you play it. <laughs> well, since we haven't had you on in a while, is there anything like else going on in your life you want to talk about or anything? Well, locked at home, <laughs> like everyone else in the world. <laughs> yeah, quarantined. Uh, so, yeah, quarantined at home, working at home. Um, uh, I did get did get ill with what i assume was the coronavirus um not i didn't get very ill uh me and my wife did get pneumonia for a little bit um but uh, the doctors Jesus. were very good to help us but yeah it's, it's difficult to say if i've actually had it because there's no bloody testing going on is there you know yeah um, both our governments don't seem to have done a very good job of trying to protect our populace <laughs> on that front um, what was it that trump said yes not to get too political but yesterday trump said uh <laughs> vaccine or no vaccine we're back <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. Go America. You, 
you can't have like a, a, a second surge if you never stop the first one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think we did we did at least stop out like or at least control our first surge, but then yeah, they just seem to be absolutely gung ho to create a second one. It's just like I'm staying at home. <laughs> yeah, when you told us about work from home, so I will. <laughs> when you told us about you guys being sick, I was like, oh shit, like actually kind of worried. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it was it was horrible. Uh, we didn't get like we didn't get very very badly sick. Uh, one one person I know who I worked with, uh, my old firm, uh, he he did end up in hospital, but he did thankfully recover. But um, yeah, it's just yeah, horrible times, isn't it? You know, trying well, trying to convince, trying to keep a two and a half year old entertained when she can't go see any of her friends or anything. It's just one of yeah. those things. Well, uh, glad you're okay. And uh, I guess I'll go ahead and go next. I've got my standard stuff that I report on every week. Ring Fit Adventure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I do that twice a week. And I'm actually, I think I'm going to do it a third time uh, after this because I ate too much yesterday. So I need to make up for that. <laughs> um, but I'm almost done with work. Hold, hold on, hold on. What'd yeah. you eat? Oh, um, I had Qdoba for lunch oh. which i love and then uh so you left your house for that you're part of the problem uh cory actually did that so okay <laughs> that's that's fine then <laughs> yeah um and then for dinner he made a uh, chicken parm and that was really good but then when i went and logged everything in my fitness pal i was like well shit <laughs> <laughs> oops so gonna try to make up for that um i'm at the bus in world 14 and there's 23 worlds, so I'll get there eventually. <laughs> We're doing more Animal Crossing, like I said last week. Still playing that every day, but I'm really starting to get bored and burnt out on it now. Which, I mean, fair. Been playing it for over 50 days for multiple hours a day. <laughs> so I think my final goal is to get a five-star island. I'm at four-star now, but I can't just, I can't for the life of me get it to rake up any higher. That's really like the last big challenge left in the game for me, other than like completionist stuff so I, I think that's going to be my benchmark for when i can finally put it down bill loves animal crossing he tells me about it all the time it's very, um, very <laughs> what what a pointless waste of time <laughs> actually I'm not, I'm not a fan of that <laughs> right before we started recording i was like buying turnips since you can only do that on sunday mornings and uh Visa. listen to yourself scott listen yeah. to what you're saying you were buying turnips <laughs> where, where where do you live in the world disa <laughs> uh, messaged me while i was playing in game she's like hey you want to come visit and i was like well i'm buying turnips right now and we got to record so <laughs> sorry i'm social distancing yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> um, other than that standard stuff i'm still playing ff7 remake hard mode i'm in the middle of the chapter after the plate falls so i'm about to go uh on the mission to save wedge not much going on in that still playing more persona 5 royal we beat the second palace and i think we're going to get to the third one soon which is the mafia boss who we just learned his identity last night however like bill i had some issues and learned the hard way that um you can't the game does not auto save in any way shape form or fashion which I just assumed it did because I'm playing in a recent PS4 game. <laughs> um, so we lost like over 10 hours on that, which really sucked. But luckily the game has like a fast forward function and lots of, you can skip scenes and stuff. So it didn't take as long to get back there. But that was still very aggravating. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't realize I was playing a PS1 game. Uh, save early, save often. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then finally, we... 
beat yesterday we beat donkey kong country tropical freeze and i would play the air horn sound now but we're having technical difficulties with our soundboard this morning <laughs> hi producer bill here just turned up to make all of scott's soundboard dreams come true there you go now back to the episode yes the soundboard. <laughs> yeah it's it's the soundboard the uh it was a fun game uh i liked it quite a bit it was a lot better than the one before donkey kong country returns on the wii um however i still don't think it stands up to any of the original snes trilogy um and you guys will get our patrons will get to hear more about that whenever Corey and i eventually release that or we got to record it first but yeah and that's basically been it for me uh how about you rich well, I have had a super busy week. Um, I've been trying to learn to do a couple things and with my education. So I've been doing some training courses on Udemy. But gaming-wise, I've been playing a little bit of Final Fantasy 1. Nice. game sucks. So wild. <laughs> it doesn't suck. It's just not very entertaining, like oh you said. Oh, my God. It's so boring. <laughs> it, doesn't, uh, it doesn't suck, Rich. It just isn't good. Yeah, I just... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So I'm debating on it because right now all I'm doing is grinding in that game because um, it is a very grindy. I'm using the PSP or excuse me, uh, the Vita, but I'm playing the Origins PlayStation 1 game. But, oh my God, is it the Origins one? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So I'm getting ready. I'm only three hours in and I've just been grinding and you guys are telling me that the PSP version is much better. So I might just switch over to that yeah. one since I'm not that far in. So. Oh yeah, the oh, PSP man. version is so much nicer. Sorry, I didn't realize you were playing the Origins version. Yeah, that's the fun ones. Yeah, trash. It hurts. Um, and then I've been playing a little bit of FF Adventure because why not? <laughs> Thanks. Sorry, <laughs> I need more games on my plate. My bad. Um, and then, if you've been playing it more, you can't be that far from the end, right? You said you were like over halfway last time. Yeah, but I haven't played much of it. Like I, I got to. I don't want to spoil it for for Bill. Like I'm halfway done. Gotcha. But there's not much left, I don't think. Um, and then I bought a couple more Switch games. Of course. Shock. I am shook. Hey, I have not bought any Switch games in a while, though. <laughs> I think his GameStop was closed. Yeah. Um, I did. I think Rick is trying to open his own GameStop out of his house. I am. Switch stop. So I, I purchased uh, Vampire for the Switch. It was on sale for $19. So I bought that for the Switch. Um, I pre ordered. I mean, it's still 20 bucks that you, you just spent on a game you're not going to play for a while. Forever. Uh, um, <laughs> I'm making bets now that you don't play it and you especially don't beat it. I'll take you off on that. I hate you all. Is this, <laughs> is this Vampire the Masquerade or is it a different No, it's a different series. I'll, I'll send it okay. to you. Um, is um, it Vampire R or something? I think it's Vampire R, yeah. I oh, okay. have to look at it. Um, it's being it's delivered. Um, and then I picked up Mega Man 11 because that was like oh. 10 bucks. I, I have a coupon or a GameStop, so I got it $5 off, so I only paid 5 bucks for it. Um, and then also I, let me know how that is. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of the classic Mega Man series, but I'm like just mildly interested. Yeah. And then I pre-ordered Borderlands Collection and um, Bioshock Collection. Nice. <laughs> That's so many Look games, Rich. I don't know why. I have Dude, Bio Bioshock Collection was free on PSN. Like, I know. I have month. it. I have it. Okay. <laughs> so you needed it on Switch, too. I do. Same thing. Like uh, I have Final Fantasy on like everything. Yeah. <laughs> Huh? Well, you're, gonna, you're you're so close to being able to just move in a cabin. Yep. That's like solar powered and just be good. Yep. <laughs> I'm ready for that. 
That's the dream. Yep. That's all I've been doing. So what about you, Jay? <laughs> Thanks for the pass off, Rich. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> so I am also going to play the, the tiny violins with Rich. I had a pretty busy work week, but I swear to God, I've been saying this for the past month. This is the last week that should be busy. The, the government keeps pushing everything back and it's making every week be busy instead of just the one week. Uh, but this is the last time it's been pushed back legally. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but I have just played Final Fantasy VII a little bitty tiny bit. Uh, I played Final Fantasy II on my phone whilst using the bathroom. <laughs> and then I did start a new game on Xenoblade 2. Uh, I'm actually paying attention this time, and I'm having a great time. I'm not going to lie. I uh, I take back everything I, I said, uh, and I apologize <laughs> to all the Xenoblade lovers out there because I'm, I'm into it now. I, I think I've finally gotten past the really bad... Uh, English voice acting. Uh, I've paid attention to the explanation of the battle system, and <laughs> funny enough, it's enjoyable. Uh, enjoyable enough to I uh, to where I went out and bought the DLC, and the DLC includes like that separate game, Xenoblade Two game. Yeah, it's uh, to be about good. about Torna. Yeah, so yeah, I think I'm actually going to play it this time. It's interesting how quickly or how dramatically your opinion can shift. <laughs> yeah, I was fully expecting. So I, I started a new game to give it another chance. And then so I I only played it up until chapter two and I'm back in chapter two now. But Gracie had like latched on to playing that game for some reason, just loved walking around because it's open. It's open world and has a, a, a pretty huge scenery. And yeah. whenever she realized I started a new game and wasn't at that in, in chapter two in the specific town, she was furious. She was so mad because she <laughs> couldn't play it just to walk around. So I had to, I had to at least get to that point. But I'm I'm enjoying it, so I'm I'm probably going to play through it. The battle system is a it's pretty slow, but I think I'm okay with slow right now. I think whenever I was playing it last time, I, I was just in a different. Yeah, uh, state of mind with playing games, but it's a lot more relaxing than I remember it being. Well, I'm going to need you to write like a formal letter of apology <laughs> to everyone. <laughs> I'm a, I'm about two paragraphs in. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll have to pull up a State of the Union address and <laughs> and make it official. There you but, go. But yeah, that's it for me. Nothing, nothing too particularly special. But like I have mentioned a couple times, it's the 100th episode of the RPG Years. Uh, so let's spend a little time kind of having a, a cool little retrospective of the uh, the podcast series and all the hard work that's been put into it. Just a mini celebration. Once yeah. we get to the 100th episode of the After Years, we'll probably do something big. But <laughs> Hey. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, Bill, just let's go all the way back to the beginning here. What made you decide you wanted to do this? And where did you get the idea for it? Uh, I think we're all on the same boat here. We all used to listen to Ultima Final Fantasy. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not uh, gonna lie. Some of a part of me still like wants to go back and like re-listen to just Ultima Final Fantasy, just because it's <laughs> a good, uh, good random noise to have in the background talking about Final Fantasy. Yeah. They still, they still occasionally do episodes. <laughs> right. They, they did. They did a manner. They did a manner review recently. Well, maybe um, we should start where how we actually met. We are the four of us first. Before, well, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of where I was getting to because um, yeah. they did they did a spin off show called New Clan, and um, 
uh, they reached out asking for um, help creating an app for like part of their like a segment of their show called um, the hog and i saw that jay reached out to him on twitter and just said like yeah i could probably do that for you <laughs> hold up so hold up jay re- used twitter this is when Jay used to use Twitter. What? This so I, I made a I, I made a Twitter specifically to do that. Okay. <laughs> so and then I saw that. So I then uh, messaged Jay on Twitter and just said, "Hey, I I know a few bits about PowerShell and a few other bits of script. <laughs> um, maybe I can help." And he was like, "Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll I'll help you along." And then yeah, Jay just blew my mind with all the shit that he knows. Yeah. <laughs> way beyond anything I can comprehend. <laughs> For me, it was kind of the same thing where like I saw that Jay was helping uh, Nude Clan with their app and I'm, you know, I program for a living and I'm always looking for way- new ways to strengthen my portfolio if at all possible. And so I also tweeted Jay, be like, hey, need any help? And then Rich, I don't, I don't <laughs> know how I got into this. <laughs> Rich just messaged me and he's like, hey, I'm going to school for computer science. I, I'll tag along. And we're like, sure, why not? And then we created the uh, the Hogib Slack on, channel. Wait, wait. Like, how did Crinitol join? Oh, did we have that guy? Oh. oh <laughs> Do you remember Crinitol? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't really remember. <laughs> I think maybe he uh, he joined because he was interested in learning how to program, but it never went anywhere. And then Cameron from NudeClan yeah, joined also. Yep. Oh, yeah. He was kind of our liaison. Yeah. Um, so then we all got into that Slack group and we, we made a couple attempts at trying to learn from the master, but we did make some, uh, meaningful enhancements to the, uh, the hogib and stuff and all that. And it just, it kind of got to the point to where we were all just, you know, treating the hogib as like a, the hogib Slack is like a chat room just to like hang and talk about random shit. Mm-hmm. And that was it, really. I kind of I had this idea for doing a big RPG podcast because I was thinking of the fact that you know, eventually uh, UFF would ri- would wind down. I was thinking, let's just do a big, huge list <laughs> of tons of RPGs. And uh, Rich was the only one who bit. <laughs> I shouldn't have. <laughs> well, it was. Uh, I mean, it's Rich not just says yes to everything if you ask him. Yeah, <laughs> Rich can have a hundred dollars. Yeah. Um, it's not that uh, Jay and I weren't interested in doing a podcast with you guys at the time. It's just that you saw playing, a huge, you yeah, playing a huge <laughs> list of classic, mostly poorly aged RPGs was just not something that Jay and I had in the cards for us at that time or probably ever will. <laughs> I was about to say, don't, don't add the qualifier of at that time. I don't, I'm still not interested. Yeah. So, that's <laughs> Right. Uh, I remember you guys saying you'd join in on games. I've still got a list, actually, Scott, that you sent me early on of the list of games that you'd actually be interested in joining. Right. And there was, there was like nearly 50 games on your list. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, that's not quite the 500 games that are actually on the list. So. Right. <laughs> and then uh, Jay and I also tried to start a podcast with um, Cameron, called it uh, Nerd Jacking. It was supposed to be just like a general nerd podcast, but we just never found a way to fully realize that idea into something that we thought would be a good podcast. I enjoyed the one episode you guys did. It was a good test run, but it was just hard to come up with ideas with such like a general topic. Yeah. Maybe maybe we'll still have like a little bonus thing where the no jack no, no jacking. I'm all <laughs> jacking. about jacking. I'm all about jacking, guys. Nerd, no jacking. nerd jacking. Yeah. No jacking during the lockdown. <laughs> so while the golden years were, was going, do you remember about how many games you got through? 
Oh yeah, uh, well we got through eleven. <laughs> <laughs> technically, or technically, we did ten before we went on hiatus because we had to sort of uh, do Final Fantasy VIII and do the review of that during the hiatus section. Right. Um, and then we've finished up Alandra now, and so the review for that is coming out next week. Uh, so that will be twelve games completed. But, I mean, Rich, do you even do you even remember the first game, Dungeon Explorer? I do. I do. I, I funny enough about that, I saw somebody actually playing it and reviewing it on Twitter. Uh, like a couple oh, really? days ago, and I was like, "That's just such a bad game." <laughs> Where do I know this game from? Yeah, yeah. to be honest, with you, that's more of a shoot 'em up. <laughs> yeah, it was been <laughs> an RPG. But I mean, then game number two, Final Lap Twin. Oh, I'm going to love that game forever. <laughs> <laughs> that game's got so many fond memories for me, and it's just got the most balls out hard boss in an RPG ever. How on earth we hit that as our second game? Right, <laughs> it's just unbelievable. Nope. But yeah, Alan. Alan is just the beast of everything. So never play Final Lap Twin. You'll have fun until the end. <laughs> so how much do you miss being like actually being able to do the show, Bill? Oh, tons, tons. It was just like such a big part of my life, like week in, week out. You know, hanging out with Rich and just having a chat with him every day. Uh, well, once a week. <laughs> um, right. Just I just really enjoyed it. But it was just like I love everything about podcasting. I love going. I love like recording, and then I love the editing putting things together, you know, putting all the show notes in and then actually getting it out there and then actually watching the stats grow as well. I love it. I just got so addicted to it. Well, <laughs> hey, man, hey, <laughs> I'll make this offer to you. If you want to do the editing in my place, I'll, I'll totally let you. I think that's how he's been doing it. He's been doing that with me too. He's like, why don't you record, edit this one? Okay. <laughs> um, nah, it's all right. I've, I'm still, I've still got the second half of the Alandra review to record. So, um, but yeah, no, it's just uh, kind of things changed at my work, and I just wasn't able to get the time for it anymore. Right? Including recording and editing and everything, just things just absolutely skyrocketed and took off. So, so I couldn't do it. That was when wasn't that when Rich basically asked Jay and I if there was any way we could step in and help out. Oh, yep. yeah, absolutely. I did those four update episodes where right. I just recorded on my phone as I was walking to work, and it was awful. Yeah, it took us a while <laughs> to get, get off the ground with that. But Yeah, we said, well, uh, I feel like I gave you guys a good base to work off of. You know, we still had, like, we were, we were around sort of like the 70 to 80 listener mark at that point. Right. And then I think after you guys got started, we sort of jumped into, like, the hundreds, didn't we? I think it was, I think it was getting, like, really close to, like, a good sort of 120 before the lockdown. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think, yeah, a lot of people obviously listen on their commutes. <laughs> right. <laughs> we just took a little dive after that. Yeah. But they're slowly working their way back up. Right. And then, of course, it was uh, Jay and I's qualifier was, we would like to be on, but we got to change how the show works a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of don't mind that. <laughs> right. Because, again, it's like I won't be on the show weekly, but I can play the games and then do the reviews for the games, and then we can still put them out as part of the show. So <clears throat> I still feel like I'm... I feel, I feel like I'm ingrained into the soul of it and like you can't quite cut me out yet. <laughs> so now I have a question for Rich. Uh, do you prefer recording with Jay and I or with Bill? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I know the answer. It's fine. <laughs> you well, don't no, have to up with the butt crack it's not, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is, the, this is a big caveat is, is the fact that I have to get up at like five in the morning to do this thing. Um, and I, I could definitely tell the difference between recording at five in the morning and then recording on sat on Sundays when we do this at like nine or so. I'm a lot more awake and I actually have more opinions and things like that. It just at five in the morning, my brain hasn't started. So um, I enjoy both sides of it. I actually like recording with um, with Bill. 
You know, I just had that weekly talk, you know, that we have every every like yeah. Monday or Tuesday, and then yeah, but now it's never, we, everybody's involved. There were some episodes uh, of the Golden Years where I felt the ratio of Bill to you talking was like nine to one. <laughs> yep. Yeah, those episodes you I could see Rich on the feed. It's just like, yeah, his head going. So I was like, okay, I'll just keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> I totally feel you on that. I'd mute him when he starts snoring. <laughs> those uh, those few episodes that I guested on uh, during the Golden Years run, like every time when I got up for, it, I was like, why did I agree to this? Yeah, <laughs> I think I think I hopped on a few episodes pretty early in the morning as well, and I I really enjoyed it because I like waking up early and like kickstarting myself into the day but that was also back whenever i was in an apartment and i was recording like megan was like asleep right next to me <laughs> while i was recording i was like oh man i'm gonna be so loud yeah <laughs> so, so scott as a yeah. listener what was your what was your favorite episode i'd have to think back but i guess it was probably just all the ones uh covering the games that i had actually actually knew anything about which i think was probably only one or two the fantasy star too <laughs> Everyone, everyone's favorite episode that's actually that was that's actually still today our highest um listen to the uh episode really across, across everything yeah unfortunately when we um when we moved feeds we did lose the stats originally but that show was already around like the 250 mark hmm. it was like way above everything else we'd ever ever recorded Weird. if i had to and, think think of one it would probably be the uh the east review because even though i don't oh. really know anything about east that was one that rich also enjoyed so it was good to get to hear you guys like talk about something you actually liked. Well, there's another question, Rich. Which was your favorite game? Um, Yeast was actually pretty good. I I did like that game because it wasn't very complicated, and I was able to just breeze through it. I've discovered that um, <laughs> that's, that's all it takes. Yep. <laughs> I have I'm discovered that if if a game gets too convoluted and everything, I just lose interest. I can't handle it for some reason. But the combat was really good. It's just bump into shit just bumping that's, that's what i like that's what i liked about star ocean is that it was really like it was really in-depth and complicated but you just didn't need it yeah <laughs> as long as you boost it as long as you got that exp boost really early on you were fine you could just I, I, away from it again. <laughs> I don't know i'm playing star ocean well started to play star ocean and i'm like why am i just dying all the time and rich is like because you've forgotten how to even play the game you didn't you aren't doing it right yeah exactly <laughs> If I had to say one episode that we have done that I thought was the best, that uh, create your own RPG on the fly episode, which was just a few episodes ago, that was re- that was a really I good episode. It. I think was- I love that episode. <laughs> <laughs> we all had like really good rapport and like our random ideas somehow like came together into what sounded like a maybe a good game. <laughs> um, that's that's yeah. what Rich is doing at the moment, isn't it? Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> right switzerland swiss island um <laughs> Such a good so, name. jay what do you uh how do you like doing the podcasting like enjoy like being on the show and all that yeah so i i really enjoy hopping on uh and talking to you guys and, and being involved and actually having a reason to play the games and then actually talking about the games that i play uh because i like all of you, I've I've played games my entire life, uh, but probably for a good ten years, I I did not have any uh, any friends to talk to about gaming. Nobody I was around was interested in gaming, so it just it was a, a passion that just died and fizzled out. And getting back involved with the podcast and with you guys again, it was just uh, kind yeah. of like restarting that flame. Um, 
However, sometimes it does kind of suck. Like whenever my work is really busy and my family's needing all the attention and yeah. I, <laughs> it, it ends up kind of being a little bit of an, an inconvenience sometimes, but, uh, but it, it, luckily we have a pretty good rotation so that it's, yeah. it's not too, not too bad. Overall. Right. The, uh, the whole thing, like re- actually recording is pretty fun. Not just talking to you guys, but like all the other stuff that goes into having a successful uh podcast it's kind of a pain in the ass <laughs> for like the first like five or six episodes or so i don't remember exactly when but i was handling like pretty much all the back end stuff and i was like starting to like really resent having to do the show <laughs> but now that we're uh, we've, we're, we're sharing duties more it's a lot more uh enjoyable and bearable um so the uh last questions for you guys so i've got, I've yeah. got to wrap up i'm afraid so what do you see for the future of this show, Bill? Like, how do you think things are going to play out? Millions of listeners, top of the charts, <laughs> <laughs> top of the podcast uh-huh. charts. Or are you twenty k, twenty k a month through <laughs> Patreon? Exactly. Yeah. It's all coming down the line. Uh, well, no, I just, um, I kind of, I like the fact that I've got my own little sort of sub-segment of the show. I think you guys are doing an excellent job, and um, I think uh, the people are seeing that as well. And um, you know, like I say, we're getting more and more listeners still more and more patrons it's good yeah and, uh, and you uh, know if you are on patreon you know you can sponsor the guys <laughs> please do <laughs> it all goes to a good cause <laughs> all goes to a good course. and uh yeah we're always talking about new things to improve not just uh, the rpg uh, years but also like to expand our repertoire beyond podcasting yeah i'd like to get to where we can do the uh put the tea time segment in more often than we currently have been yeah sorry about that <laughs> <laughs> not- surprisingly working from home means i've got less time <laughs> right. tea time. i feel that uh, I, will, I will try and get them in all right well uh thanks for coming on bill we enjoyed having you as always and we'll talk shit about you as soon as you sign off that's right excellent i look forward to hearing about it on the podcast <laughs> all right. shaking my fist at you guys on slack <laughs> right all right guys all right see you man love you see you so with the catch-up out of the way let's go hit uh some quick news articles Hear ye, hear ye, gather round for all your news. Stop your clatter and listen close. Alas, you won't believe your ears. Listen close for the news. All right. So, Scott, you want to kick us off with some news? Sure thing. Um, Basically, first of all, there was a fairly, not like a major RPG announcement this week, but like, Kind of a big deal for Nintendo fans, anyway. A uh, a new Paper Mario was announced on Twitter by Nintendo, just like randomly, uh, like Saturday morning or something. Um, so you guys probably aren't like big Mario RPG fans, but I am. And as you know, um, well, you may not know. The, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the first two Paper Marios were fantastic games. Like, I really love those. Um, the third one, I also like a lot, but a lot of people don't. And ever since then, Paper Mario has, like, just plummeted in quality, and a lot of people don't like it. Um, but they just announced it randomly. And I watched the trailer. I watched some analyses. It looks okay. But maybe it's a little debatable whether it's a return to form yet. Um, they basically they made it less of an RPG after the second one, 
and they met, they were like oversimplified it for like Nintendo people. I guess you could say the kiddies. Um, so I'm tentatively excited about it, but I'm going to be um, seeing how it goes. I think being tentative about anything Nintendo does right now is probably a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Oh, well, this isn't really RPG news, but just recently they, uh, I think yesterday, they announced um, that they weren't planning any kind of directs anytime soon. And they were like encouraging third party developers, like, don't wait for us to make your announcements. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Man, At the, least the, the COVID uh... thing fucked us up. Yeah, it totally did. And speaking of that, our next news. Are you kidding item, me? What? 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 What are you kidding about? Oh God, everything just froze on me. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down, Rich. Are you okay nobody's, now? Nobody's you kidding you. Okay. So the next news item directly links to the COVID issues again. Um, so <laughs> for all of us Kingdom Hearts lovers, the Kingdom Hearts Dark Road. Uh, game mobile game uh, has been delayed so it was slated for spring of 2020 but they officially announced that that is no longer happening and it's being delayed and we also did not get a an updated date so we don't really know when that's going to be released Uh, overall I'm not too upset because I don't know if I would have played this anyway Uh, however it's just another yet another uh, occurrence of COVID-related issues in the gaming industry. Jay, did you ever hear... I don't even think we had talked about it on the podcast. Did you hear about like what Dark Road actually is? Isn't it um, about Xehanort's life? Yeah, but w- the way they initially marketed it made it seem like it was going to be like its own mobile game. It's basically like a giant expansion to uh, Union Cross. Uh. <laughs> so... All hype that I had. any kind of like inklings of hype I had for that were instantly just drowned when that happened. So, yeah, I, I'm so over that kind of gaming. Like, I am never going to be into mobile gaming. Right. I don't even like playing Final Fantasy 2 on my phone. I don't like playing games on my phone. So the only I should bring this up every week during our uh, catch up. <laughs> But uh, the only mobile game I play is Final Fantasy Record Keeper, which I find to be pretty quality. But that's just like a mindless grind game, kind of. <laughs> anyway, um, I guess that's it for Dark Road. All right, well, let's just talk about some RPGs releasing. Um, this past week, we had May 14th, which is Elder Scrolls Blades. That was a mobile game at one point and then switched over to the switch uh kind of surprisingly that did that wasn't sure that was coming out um the may 21st spirit hunter ng which is another switch game but that is only in japan as of now so i don't really know anything about that <laughs> right um, sounds cool yes spirit hunter yes just ng hey, wait what is elder scrolls blades i've never heard of that i i played it for like three seconds on my phone it's just another Elder Scrolls game that was originally for mobile. The fact that it's for Switch is weird because it, it played very much like a mobile game, so I'm skeptical. Yeah. So they brought a mobile game to Switch. And I think yeah, they were going to yeah, do that did. anyways. They were going to put it on Switch, but they released it first on the phone. So I don't know. I have no interest playing it, so it is what it is. Uh, next week, we have May 22nd, Friday, or actually, yeah, tomorrow, uh, Man Eater. 
I think that's the shark game, isn't it? <laughs> I have no idea. That's the sh- <laughs> I think that's the shark game. Do you guys ever play like the old school Jaws games that they had on the PS2? I think so. I know. Oh my I, I god! Didn't. Were they? That was good? so fun. <laughs> it was so you just play as Jaws and just tear things up, like destroy boats, eat people. So fun. I'm imagining I like think- a Tony Hawk pro skater, but you're a shark. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, you nailed it. <laughs> so Tuesday, May 26th, Minecraft Dungeons comes out on Windows, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. And uh, Scott, can you pronounce that? <laughs> when I added this to the doc, I was like, Rich is going to have fun with this one. Ultima. Uh, let's see. Atawarumon, Prelude to the Fallen. That's my best attempt. Sure. Okay. <laughs> um, it's Western. It's uh, PS4 and Vita. Uh, May 27th, Fantasy Star 2 Online comes to Windows. Uh, I know we have a couple of fans that really like the Fantasy Star 2 Online. Uh, we don't yourself, have this right. Have you been staring at the entire time? Yes. Just trying to... <laughs> Jay decided to take a crack at it. That's right. Now, there's something else that wasn't on the list that will be um, on the 29th is uh, Bioshock Collection, Borderlands Collection, and Xenoblade Chronicles. You're just, reading, you're just reading your like pre-order list, aren't you? Well, yeah, it's coming up Friday. I mean, it counts. <laughs> Instead of referencing Wikipedia, we should just reference Rich's pre-order lists. Yep. Anyways. <laughs> well, that's know, what we I get for switching to only doing this one week at a time. Yeah. We got some next week. We'll have some good RPGs upcoming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Including, you said Xenoblade, right? Yeah, Xenoblade's on the 29th. I figured that's next week. Right. Yeah. yeah it's it is coming. Week. Holy crap. Holy crap. Anyways, yes. That's it. That's all the what's coming out. Cool. All right, let's take a quick break, and then we can get on to our main discussion. Are you a fan of high fantasy epic book series that are converted into television series? No, not that one. I mean an epic book series that is actually complete. I'm referring to The Wheel of Time, Robert Jordan's fantasy masterpiece that was completed posthumously by Brandon Sanderson. Well, I have the perfect podcast for you. The Taveren is a Wheel of Time podcast where three gentlemen go through the series one chapter at a time, in their own special way. Follow along as Bill, Rob, and Rich re-experience this great epic. Experience for yourself. A world full of vibrant locations, colorful characters, and storylines that will never fail to surprise. Visit a world that Game of Thrones can only wish was as fleshed out and complete. The Taveren, a Wheel of Time podcast, is part of the We Can Make This Work Probably network of podcasts. Find our podcast wherever you get your podcast feed, or visit probablywork.com for episodes of this podcast and other great shows. We will see you at the Wine Spring Inn. So we are back. Uh, let's finish up this review and talk about the gameplay, graphics, sound, and our final scores.
Okay, guys, here we go. So uh, we're going to start off by talking about gameplay. It's a huge section for us to talk through. There are so many different kind of systems uh, and uh, like additions to Final Fantasy VII Remake that obviously were not a part of uh, the original because it's now a action RPG or just action adventure or just action. I don't, I want to call it an RPG <laughs> real quick years ago when they announced that a uh, final fantasy seven remake was going to be an action RPG instead of a, uh, a turn-based battle system. What, what were you guys' like reactions? Uh, I was pretty excited. I really like action adventure or action RPG or action adventure, whatever. Like I, um... I like kingdom hearts. I knew you'd be okay with it because of the Kingdom Hearts stuff, but I was a little bit skeptical about it because, I mean, I really did like Final Fantasy XV um, and that, but the combat was a little bit clunky, in my opinion. I was worried about the transition between this one, or from fifteen to the FS7 remake, so um, I was just a little concerned. Yeah, I'm a big God of War fan, too, and... I really like games that are full of story, but then also I can just press one button and be good. <laughs> Mashing one button, be good. Why does go. that not surprise me? <laughs> I was, uh, I was pretty, I was like concerned too. Like Rich said, it's like, well, I'm not surprised by this at all because Square Enix does not make, you know, AAA turn-based RPGs anymore. Um, and I get that because, like, you know, you got to appeal to the masses when you're spending this much money making a game. Um, but overall, I would say if, if they were going to go with an action RPG, this thing has, uh, kind of delivered in spades. Yeah, totally. So with the, with the, uh, I guess we could probably just jump into the actual battle system. So it is a very, um, kind of typical, um, hold on, let me close my window, Rich. There you go. Is the bird gone? Good. Okay. So it, it does have a, a pretty stereotypical action RPG um, gameplay where you you have an attack for like um, I'm drawing blanks. Okay, so you have the square uh, if you're on the the PlayStation to actually do the attacking, and then you have triangle to kind of transition between modes. Uh, cloud uh, to to speak of modes, cloud has his Punisher mode and his Operator mode. I think that's right. That's right. Yep. And that just kind of changes, uh, I don't know, kind of changes stances. Did you guys figure out like what exactly the difference was between those two? I feel like I moved, I, I switched to the like pu uh, Punisher mode to for battles that were like the, the douchebags that were like doing flips and stuff. Like mm -hmm. it was a little more sporadic and, and randomly throwing his sword around. So what it's supposed to be is the operator mode is for building stagger and the punisher mode is for dealing damage. But uh, I found, kind of like you were saying, that unless an enemy was like flying or super agile, I just tried to stay in punisher mode um, just because it dealt so much more damage. I feel like I, I feel like punisher mode also built more, uh, like the, built a stagger bar faster than the, the operator mode. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just tried to stay in punch mode. And plus those counters, like it was like the best way to take out some enemies or, or a lot of enemies actually. Yeah. But you could only uh, do so, a Punisher. So with the with the ability to transition between modes uh, and uh, 
who else did anybody else have uh, have the ability to have modes like that I, i'm i'm gonna be honest here i pretty much played as cloud unless they force you to play as somebody else well i mean you had tifa uh tifa had her you could basically press the triangle and it charges it and then it charges it again and then you have like two separate power moves um after you charged it and then Barrett had his overture oh yeah i did okay, tifa was actually pretty good Tifa was oh, the yeah. only one I never figured out how to use her triangle move effectively. You have to like um the the way that I saw it was that if you used it at the end of like a pretty killer combo, she did like a massive amount of damage. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I think it was in conjunction with using her overpower skill or something like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, kind of levels up what the skill is as you use the the charge or whatever. Yeah, but I, so she, I knew that, but I could never be bothered to actually do it. <laughs> so whenever I was using her in, uh, whenever it was just her and Aerith, like she just freaking wrecked everybody. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, oh my gosh, like Tifa's better than Cloud. <laughs> That's... Actually, I do find uh, Tifa to be like the easiest character to play as outside of Cloud. Maybe even better. Like she just wrecks shit without even trying. Really. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, because she can go all over all over the place in those different like charge moves and stuff. So. I also felt like she was better at actually hitting the aerial enemies when they came up. Like she just like zips right to them, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Um, you asked about the triangle moves. Aerith was Tempest. It took me several chapters after getting her to actually figure out how that works. But like you Don't hold you it, just hold it. Yeah. You hold it, and then she sends out like a more powerful magic blast that builds stagger more. I found her to be mostly useless. Yep. <laughs> See, I, I liked using her, but it is true that it, uh, it was like special situations where I popped over to her. Um, and then Barrett's and then, was... Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say Barrett. He has the square for his regular gun shooting and then triangle to like do a stronger gun blast. Yeah, but it has a cooldown. Then you can press it again to like charge it back up faster. Yep. So that worked pretty well. And then on top of all of that, uh, you could dodge roll. Um, of course, uh, there, as you leveled up, um, was it a materia that allowed Cloud to like roll and attack at the same time? Yeah, there was. I can't okay. remember what it was, but the more you leveled it up, the better that death roll thing was. Was it yeah. deadly it was dodge? Maybe. Or yeah, steadfast yeah, yeah. block? <laughs> I think deadly dodge. Um but with that, you also had magic and, and the ability to use potions, but all of that takes uh, ATB. Uh, takes is that, that's, is that what the yeah. terminology, ATB, yeah. in this yeah. one? Okay. Uh, which you always, pretty much everything costs at least one bar. So mm -hmm. if you don't have at least one bar of ATB, which, uh, which it, it loads pretty fast. I never had any issues with not having enough ATB. Uh, but magic, using potions all that junk takes ATB. Mm -hmm. uh, and whenever you go to like pick a spell or a potion, like time slowed down. And I thought that was really cool. Oh yeah. So like when you hit the, any kind of button and your command menu comes up, everything we saw this in like the initial, like not the reveal trailer, but the trailer where they first showed us how the game actually works. Everything slows down when you bring up the menu and it's like bullet time almost. That was really cool. But one thing worth talking about here, I think, is um, one big difference from FF15. In FF15, you could use items wherever, whenever, how often you wanted to. 
And then unless you were playing on like uh, the hardest difficulty or fighting some of the harder bosses, that made the game way too easy. Uh, this time with the uh, the fucking <laughs> having to use ATB to use your items, it's like there are a lot of times where you feel like you are legitimately going to die. And I personally did die a lot. <laughs> so you got to roll constantly. <laughs> right. That's what I was doing. Running away. And blocking. Lots mm-hmm. of blocking. Yeah. And then also um, using spells takes ATB. How did you guys feel about just the magic system in general in battle? I thought it was better than every other magic system I've played in a Square Enix uh, action RPG. Agreed. Definitely a big step up from the uh, the, the suck fest that was FF15. <laughs> yep. And I, I think it's better than everything that, that Kingdom Hearts has done as well. I think so too. I think they improved magic a lot between the last Kingdom Hearts and KH3, but this is definitely, I found myself using it a lot more. Mm-hmm. One thing I noticed in hard mode, um, we'll talk about this later, but in hard mode, it's a lot harder to, uh, <laughs> Holy imagine that? Oh to gain, God. uh, MP. Cause one of the things about that is there's not a whole lot of ways to regain MP. And so, when I was struggling against bosses, a lot of the advice that people gave me was like, don't use the Thundagas, don't use the, the Fire Agas, use Fire and Thunder because you're conserving MP and the main purpose of the magic is to apparently stagger enemies if they have a weakness. Uh, mm, so I thought that was a little, really interesting too. Um, what about the, the summons? How did you feel about that, Rich? So the summons myself, I mean, I, I personally really liked it. When I pre-ordered the game, I got Cactar, and the, the chocobo the chocobo chick one same um useless yeah more Don't or less there. it, it the works only... well for like the first couple chapters until you get ifrit and then you never want to use them yeah again. yeah which is weird i also when i pre-ordered the game i was supposed to get carbuncle i the code i got never worked so really? i'm a little bummed by that yeah i thought you had to like pre-order them from different spot i thought you had to get like the the spe- super special edition to get carbuncle no i thought you I, I thought you got it no matter what well anyways so i'm a little bummed by that but i'm sure I'll, they'll release it eventually but he looks stupid the anyway. only good ones you know the only good one was uh leviathan and ifrit shiva was actually pretty good too so the main three ifrit shiva and leviathan i did not get bahamut so i don't know I did. I only got Ifrit, by the way. <laughs> oh yeah, because uh, in order to get more summons after that, you have to do like Chadley's challenges or whatever. Screw Chadley. I, I can't believe we fan. never talked about Chadley during the story segment. <laughs> oh, not Chadley. part of the story. Yeah. Um, so I did get Bahamut, and he's okay, uh, but I didn't find him particularly more useful than any of the others. Um, I don't. I didn't find them really useful in general. The summons. I feel like they've rarely did a lot of damage and they were just more for like uh like aggro, you know well and then you think about it too so you've got in 15 you could only use the summons in certain spots and it only showed up when you're about to die this is not like your old final fantasies where oh i got a summon i'm gonna summon them mm-hmm. that's it so i miss that i do miss that i have the control to summon anything i want to well it's it's sort of like that right because in this time yeah. the summons only show up in like scripted battles as well or the the meter sort of. lets you use yeah them. Mm-hmm. um another but i want to do it <laughs> yeah another <laughs> kind of annoying thing is that you can't always depending on which battle you're in use all the summons uh um, yeah like I, I can't remember what i was playing last night. oh 
I was playing the the deep ground chapter last night and fighting the unknown entity or whatever, and then I got they was going to let me summon, and I was kind of on the ropes, and I was like, all right, let me summon Leviathan or Bahamut, you know, the best ones, and nope, not on, not an option. <laughs> so I guess it just depends on the environment or whatever. Interesting. Maybe. I wonder it's if like ah, uh, it's probably like they probably found a bug with like the uh, the models for Bahamut, and they're like, oh man. We could, we I have no idea how to fix this. We can't redesign this entire room. Yeah, <laughs> just take them off the list. That wouldn't surprise <laughs> me. Um, there's also limit breaks. Um, Screw which, limit breaks, man. When they work, they work. But oh yeah, this may be my biggest complaint about the battle system. Um, we talked about this last week, I think. But usually, boss battles have like this threshold i guess it's based on where their hp's at and when you reach that point in the threshold there's like a little cutscene showing the boss like oh i'm mad now and goes into like phase two or whatever but it also resets their stagger gauge and uh the fucking uh limit breaks you want to use those when the bosses are staggered to do the most amount of damage possible but there's i mean you don't know when the, the cutscene's going to happen and so we ended up I think this is a common problem. We all ended up like almost wasting our limit breaks, kind of. Not almost. I absolutely wasted my limit break night in like pretty much every single boss battle. And, and they don't and charge it, fast either. No. And so <laughs> oh, they charge fast whenever uh, you're getting so shot in it, the face, getting your ass yeah. kicked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In that battle with uh, Aerith and Barrett, where they have to team up against the like big dildozer, the. Uh, I, I was constantly getting my limit gauge filled because they were just, just he was just destroying me. But yeah, any any time I wanted to use Cloud's limit break, it seemed like oh, cutscene. Never mind, I just wasted it. Yeah, um, I had no problem. <laughs> so, is there anything else about directly about what happens in battles that we didn't already talk about? I'm trying to think of the different mechanics. Well, um, I. Skills. I there are skills, skills like uh like right. clouds braver and stuff like that um similar it's similar in, in using uh items and magic yeah so then overall how did you guys feel about the battle system i it had some issues like we pointed out with the limit breaks but all in all i think this is like kind of my ideal battle system for a video game it's pretty fluid too i mean i mean you can go from Operator, as soon as you're done with that little switch over to Punisher real fast and then hit with a ATB combo. Like you can, it's really fluid on all that. Yeah, especially, I think I pointed this out in the whenever we were talking about the story, but a lot of the boss battles are incredibly fluid. The way the way it is able to take your um, your controlling of cloud and like uh, feed that into how the boss is reacting to you and just it kind of blew my mind how, how fluid they were able to make it. Yeah. I mean, these boss battles are amazing. And, uh, you know, like I said, I was uh, apprehensive when they announced that it was going to be an action RPG, which, which didn't surprise me, but, um, this seems like the perfect compromise or like the perfect blend between, you know, uh, an ATB turn-based RPG and an action RPG thing. Because like, Oh, did you guys ever use the shortcuts uh, a lot or I, Nope. Nope. Okay, I'm glad it's not just me because uh, I couldn't be bothered. I just like paused and like went to, through the menus every time. So it was it was almost kind of like you know playing a turn based RPG in some ways. 
Yeah. yeah. Plus, it's it's a little break though because like you're so fast paced in what you're doing, and that little quick second of a break lets your brain catch up to what you're doing. Like, okay, I need to do this real fast. So I, that's what I enjoyed about that part. Yeah. I gotta say, I think they really, really nailed it. Uh, giving given everything that they had to try and accomplish with this this battle system, I it. I, I, I applaud them really because they they were able to create a system that it seemed like they learned from their mistakes of 15 and they applied that to uh, this remake. Yeah. So moving on from the battle system then, uh, just in general, moving around outside of battle. Um, Rich, you're the one that loves FF. FF15, which had an open world. <laughs> this one was closer to 13, although I personally feel they did a good job making it seem less linear than 13 was. But what do you think? So with that, it seems like they they took the big scope of 15, and it's an open world, and tricked everybody into that linear fashion of 13. Like I've seen so many people talk about it like, oh my God, if you like this game you would actually love 13 or 13 was not as bad as you thought it was. I, I really liked it because it kept it, it kept you going in that right direction, but still gave you enough of that freedom to walk around and do stuff. I mean, you had those side quests that you can do that we all know Jay did not do, but you still got them in there. So you could do if you wanted. So. Yeah. For, for me, for me, it was very much on rails, but because I, I played it as if it were just on rails. Uh, so I think they did a really good job of of creating this uh this world this uh, midgar um like i don't think an open world midgar would have worked um because it's just not how the story was told it's not like midgar was never meant to be like an an open world like i'm really curious how they're going to handle the next uh like as the world opens up with them leaving midgar i'm wondering if there, if there's going to be a trade-off there um yeah, because there, there was really only like two or three new areas, right? And then mm-hmm. those areas were kind of on the smaller side. I think so. I think the even though it wasn't open traditional open world, I think they were able to pack in a lot of content and a lot of really beautiful scenery that just made it a really good experience. The problem with fifteen, they say it's open world, but there is so little in that world that it might as well just be on rails. Yeah, it's pretty to look at. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> it takes you it takes you forever to get in the car and drive to where you need to go. It, it that's the 15 is is pretty much a game on rails with just a lot more traveling. Unless you do all the side quests and then it, that's only like another 20 hours. Yeah, side quests of go here, give me this item, bring it back. I think that's a good segue into the side quests. Jay, you're not allowed to talk during this part. But <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, I did like one or two. What did you think about him, Rich? Side quests were not too fetch questy for my taste, so that's that's good. Um, they actually brought story into it, uh, kind of built on it. The one that stands out to me was the uh, Angel of the Slums, um, where you go through and hearing about this lady that's stealing from the rich and and has a real Robin Hood feel. And then once you get you know to the end of it, spoiler alert, um, it's the old lady. Yeah, that, I mean, that was so awesome. what, old, what old lady. You would know. Uh, it's not Merle, moral. Merle? It's not moral. It's a. Okay. I don't even think if you had done the side quest, you wouldn't even meet her in the main story. 
Correct. But yeah. she's like a squat, like you're a Harry Potter fan. So remember, like she's kind of like Professor Sprout, kind of would be the best way I can think to describe her. Gotcha. But um, she is like badass. She has takes no prisoners, and <laughs> she's just so. Un- one thing that I really, for just from hearing you guys talk about it and, and all the spoilers and content that I've read, um, it seems like the side quests in this game like are world building, not just boring content. And it see from what you guys have also told me, the side quests and how many you do affect the like what scenes you get and, yeah. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. There's not that many like main story scenes it affects, but it does affect like which affection scene you get and like what dresses you get during the wall market chapter and stuff like that. Uh, and there got, wasn't a lot of them. You guys remember I got Barrett. I got the Barrett affection, <laughs> right? <scene. laughs> um, but there's like, and on top of that, there's not that many of them. There's like what no. between twenty and thirty, if that. I think it's like twenty-two. Yeah. I think. Which is which is good. I mean, this size of a game, it took me thirty-seven hours to do. I mean, that's not bad. I remember during our to- uh, fetch quest episode that we did like a month ago or whatever. Uh, we talked mm-hmm. about how <laughs> the remake is totally going to be just like a fifteen, doing the hunts and going from point A to point B. Yep. I won't Thank say God that this is did. like Witcher levels or like were, was like fantastic or anything, but I was pleasantly surprised and I like kind of enjoyed doing the side quests. Yeah, they weren't as bad. They weren't very walk heavy and go cr- clear across Midgar to do things. It was more about this is the story you're going to build on it. And this is the end result. And, and there's it. only specific parts of the game. There's like, like, what, three chapters where there are side quests. And then, yeah, you don't have to worry about it during the, the rest of the game. Yep. So, and then it even tells you by the end of chapter 14 or so. I can't remember. Before you go up to the Shinra building, it tells you like, this is your last chance. Do this now or you don't do it at all. Yeah. So, yeah, they always gave you warnings or like little hints where Aerith is like, are you sure you want to go do this? There's kids. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I don't care. It's time to go. <laughs> Jay's like, no, screw your kids. Um, one thing I wanted to mention real quick. Uh, so there has been some criticism about, you guys know, while you're running around uh, Midgard, there's a lot of like little segments where you're like squeezing between cracks or ducking under rubble. And that is p- pretty clearly meant to disguise loading of the area beyond. Um, oh yeah and people have just i've seen a lot of complaints like just criticizing how many there are and how obvious it is that's what's happening behind the scenes um what do you guys think about that it's not a complaint that i have i i did not recognize it uh so i was pretty annoyed with like the the idea of like oh cloud climb over this or like go uh climb up these 15 ladders in order to like climb over some monkey bars instead of climbing over this tractor <laughs> right. it's like so that that kind of annoyed me but the idea of those existing to to mask loading i never caught on to that neither did i i mean i knew that's what they were there for because i saw some article clippings of it but i, I mean who cares and did it <laughs> does is it is it as massive loading times as fs15 no final Fantasy 15 was so bad with that that was one of the biggest complaints i had with that game was that it just took so long to load stuff I don't. I don't even. Re- I don't even remember waiting for loading. I was in, about to say the same game. thing. Like other than when you first load up your file, uh, I don't can't remember loading screens. So yeah, not so, no. 
So while people are complaining, I applaud them for finding a, a fluid way to load assets. Yeah. There was not even a loading time between chapters. I mean, you're literally walking through things and all of a sudden, once you're done with that specific area, it goes to chapter 14 or 13. You're like, Oh, okay. Complete. <laughs> yeah. No idea. You're like, okay. Um, before we move on to the next point, one thing I just thought of that is one of my complaints about the battle system. Sorry to go back there, but so you can only control cloud outside of battle, right? Unless you're at a specific point in the story where it lets you control Tifa or Aerith or Barrett. Um, at first I was okay with that because I thought, okay, well it would be complicated, you know, programmatically to let you control cloud, um, everywhere you want or anyone, uh, people other than cloud, I mean, anywhere, but they clearly made them fully playable and programmable. So I don't really get why they made it to where you have to be cloud all the time. I, I don't, I don't know if it's, I don't think it's programmatically hard. I think they probably more so struggled with, uh, like, uh, so a lot of times whenever you're a cloud and you f get to your checkpoint, there's no loading. It's not a cut scene. It goes straight from where you walked to him talking to somebody. Uh, so I think I think the main issue is that if you were Aerith instead and you got to that checkpoint, it would have to do like some weird switch in order to get Cloud in her place and to have the, the conversation. So I but, think it, it's more of like a dialogue or like a transitional issue. There's that. And not to mention the first part of the game, you played as Cloud only. Like Cloud was the main guy you controlled. I know. It's just I, right. I would personally... Yeah. If they've already programmed it, I would have liked to have been able to control whoever I wanted. But it's not a huge deal, like you guys were saying. You just want to see Aerith's junk in her trunk. Exactly. She's <laughs> got a big trunk. Um, I'm trying to see what else about the gameplay we need to talk about here. Uh, you got? Did you guys like the uh, the combat simulators in the Coliseums? I thought yeah. that was a neat little addition. I didn't. I didn't yeah. spend a lot of time into it, but I I thought it was a cool way to. Uh, add in some gameplay time well you get extra stuff if you did those coliseum battles um different limit breaks um some different items increased stats on a few things but i mean overall the coliseum battles and the combat simulators were pretty fun i mean if somebody really likes that combat and they want to keep playing that part of it then yeah i thought it was yeah. pretty nicely done i did all the coliseum matches on my normal run and, well well and in my hard run now but um when I got to the combat simulator, I tried, I did like a couple of them and I was like, Jesus, this is fucking hard. And <laughs> you're in the Shinra building at that point. You just want to see the rest of the story. So I just yep. moved on past it. Yep. Although I did have to do a couple more of those to get a uh, Bahamut, I think. <laughs> and in the same vein, there were a handful of mini games. Um, so most of the mini games, I think we covered uh, whenever we talked about the story, I, I had a hard time. So right off the gate, uh, most of the mini games that existed in the original are also um, in this game, like the, the lever pulling and the button smashing and um, the squats and the squats <laughs> uh, all in all. Yeah. I think they were fun little mini games, but I wasn't overly impressed. I thought that sneaking out of Aerith's house was a big pain in the butt. The I only mini game hard time with that. Uh, it didn't like one. Try. I did too. <laughs> I, it, I, did, I, did I too. swear to God, it took me over 15 tries. Did, did you load in right facing in front of that uh, bucket? Cause that's what happened to me. That's what happened to me. Every time I take one step forward, I'm like, Oh my God. And then knock the bucket over. I have to redo it. And then the bucket was there still. But besides that, um, the only two mini games that were new was, was the darts and the pull-ups. 
That was it, I think. I rocked the darts, dude. The one time I played it, mm-hmm. a master. By the time I got to the darts, it was like the end of the night. And so I was obviously already like drunk as fuck, but it still didn't take <laughs> me that long to, uh, to, you know, get the best score on that or whatever. And oh, that's what on, I do Scott, like about let me have, let me have my things. <laughs> the, uh, the, the one thing about the mini games that I do like is none of them are too hard. Like I was able to get the best or like master them or get the best reward or whatever without too much trouble on all of them. I don't, yeah. Oh yeah, Aerith sneaking out of Aerith's house too. I didn't even think of that as a mini game because it was so easy. <laughs> okay. Uh, Whatever. I guess the pull ups was kind of hard, but what helped me on that one? I guess this is a little fun story. Um, so on the pull ups, you know, it's like uh, you got the four buttons and the cursor goes between them, and you have to like time yeah. it perfectly. Uh, so Corey would be like. Triangle, X, circle, square, triangle, X, circle, square, triangle, X. He would like say it off to me like a cadence almost, and that worked for us. <laughs> uh, you had help. I did. I did. <laughs> That's why. That's cheating. Anyways. So uh, what about hard mode? Have you tried it yet, Rich? Yes. How far are you? Holy crap. No. I've, I tried first chapter, got all the way towards the end of the first chapter with the scorpion boss, and... Uh, got wrecked like he was i didn't even play it on normal oh man don't don't i I made the mistake of as soon as i finished my normal run through it's like okay what is the next thing that i missed or that i need to do to get the platinum and that was redo chapter three the sector seven slums chapter to uh get a different dress for tifa later and uh i was not prepared for how hard it was at that point um, like I, I, there's like a side quest you do to beat like a wolf monster. Who's not even like a boss. It just kicked my ass over and over. <laughs> and so I was like, ah, well, fuck me. And then went to grind back in normal mode, got all the way to like level 50 and started from the very beginning. Um, cause, uh, shout out to angry ass black dude. He was like, no, you need to start from the beginning, get retrained on how to play the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, which I did. And I haven't, there's been a few battles like the Hell House. Um, trying to remember, there's there's a couple others that really gave me a hard time, but um, and made me fucking pissed. Uh, I think Reno and Rude might have been one of them, or maybe just Reno. But um, overall, like it still feels like kind of fair. It's like it does make you feel think a lot more tactically about everything. And uh, I've heard that Rufus is the real bitch in hard mode, so we'll see how that goes once I get there. But um, I'm dude, glad. it was difficult in the easiest mode. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we'll see how it goes. But overall, I'm glad that they didn't make hard mode too difficult. And at least they give you rewards all throughout. They give you the manuals, which gives you more SP to just keep on upgrading. Yep. And I'll give so, more updates on that as I continue through it. So quick honorary mention: if we're talking about game modes, there is a classic mode. I don't know if any of us have played it, but it apparently. Like, lets the AI do mostly everything for you except picking through the menu. Yeah, I never actually tried it um, just because I heard a lot of people saying it was just a very, very easy mode or like it was pure like, shit and not worth playing. I kind of wish that I had at least given it a go just to like so I could talk about it. But you never tr- wait. Didn't you say you tried it once, Rich, in the demo? No, I didn't get you. My brother did. Oh yeah, he he like he he wasn't really a fan. He's like, it's not true classic mode. 
So um, no, I'm good. I don't want to try that. I mean, I may once after I do the hard mode, just be like, oh, I need something easy. Yeah. So yeah, no. Well, is there anything else about the gameplay? It's something we skipped or? No. Um, I think we can probably move on. We talked about the game. I think through our story, three episodes of talking about the story, we we kind of nailed pretty much every topic as well. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, do we want to go on to the ratings then? Yeah. Let's do it. let's go ahead and start getting our ratings um so i am a newbie uh, to these uh these kinds of uh review episodes so this is me losing my review virginity technically <laughs> since i didn't play all the way through pillars of dust um so i'm assuming we just start out with scott what do you give uh what do you give the story all right i thought about this long and hard and uh it, it kind of fucked with me for a while because I love FF7 so much and I love the FF7 remake so much but as you guys probably guessed I was not the biggest fan of all the changes particularly regarding the whispers and the twist endings but I didn't hate it either and like I said I'm kind of like strapped in to see all right let's see what happens next and they made all the characters way more not way more, but like even more awesome than they always have been in my heart. Um, this is like the first major serious RPG I played. The, the one before that was like Super Mario RPG. So this is like kind of my exposure to how great storytelling could be in video games, the OG anyway. Um, so I'm going to give it an eight. I really loved it, but I didn't love the changes I may retroactively go back on that once we see what they have in store for us in part seven, <laughs> but part seven, eight, so low. I, I'm going to give it a 10. Oh shit. Yeah. The reason why we give it a 10, I don't give RPGs 
like perfect scores on various things. But I mean, the storyline, it didn't deviate so far from the original, but it was some new stuff in there that like shocked me and kept me engaged. And I was like, I need to do more. It's like 12 o'clock at night. I need to keep playing. I need to do this. Now I got to go to bed. So <laughs> it's just, I, I was so excited about this. And then not to mention seeing Jay, tell me like Paul says like as soon as you're done we need to talk about this like right now so that was, <laughs> that was pretty good gotta get that hype train man yep so that was me cool so yeah i'm gonna give it a 10 too so um a final fantasy 10 too uh goal wings i'm gonna oh, give it a goal wings um <laughs> hey that has so, a great gameplay battle system <laughs> so i don't i don't know man i i don't have that uh that connection or that that fond of memories of the the original like i think it's a great game uh and it does have a special place in my heart but i i didn't play it for the first time until i was well into my teens uh and by then i by the time i beat it i was like i don't really understand what's going on i had to do a ton of research to really understand what's going on so generally speaking like i was never truly captivated by the story uh, but then as I dived into Crisis Core and uh, Advent Children and getting to know more about what happened with uh, with Dirge of Cerberus, uh, I kind of realized like this is so convoluted and I kind of feel like it's it's not going to be completed like this this train of thought. And so whenever they did this remake, which in reality is more of a, uh, a continuation of, of the universe, the, the fact that they aren't just remaking it, but are finishing the story uh, as opposed to restarting the story just makes me so happy. Also, I love convoluted stories, so I'm a right. big Kingdom Hearts fan. <laughs> I can't get enough of it. it. It pisses me off a lot, but at the same time, like it gives me something to obsess over that has nothing to do with real life. So, I don't know. I think it's uh, it's like reading a really good long book makes sense um so the next category is the battle system i think this is a game where we could pretty clearly divide the battle mechanics and the non-battle mechanics right oh yes okay um so the battle system honestly i would have given this a 10 the only thing that is holding me back from that is the thing we talked about where the stagger mechanics like reset and taking off a whole point for that seems almost kind of trivial to me, but also like it pissed me off so much. (laughs) Um, like just to like feel like you're winning and you're about to like, uh, you know, smack it to the boss. And then all of a sudden like have the rug pulled out from under you. That uh, I didn't like that. I feel like there, there's another way that that could have been handled to make it to where you didn't annihilate the boss so quickly. Yeah. Um, but that's a pretty minor complaint in the grand scheme of things. Like we talked about earlier, this is an amazing battle system. So I'll give it a nine. How are you rich? All right. So I'm going to mirror Scott's opinions on that, uh, with, with nine, uh, with the, my scores of nine on this, because it was such a good battle system. It was very fluid. It had a lot of great feel to switching characters and, and doing the combat through it. I mean, I remember myself, I don't know if you guys do this yourself, but like when you're getting ready to do these massive damage blows, to these bosses or anything, you say in the back of your head, I'm like, you're mine, you son of a bitch. Like I do that several times when I'm you like whip out your dick. boss battle. Yeah. It's like, I got this mother. Anyways. <laughs> so 
<laughs> I get real cocky. I'm like, oh my god, it's just a video game. Like, what? What's my problem? But I didn't have that many problems with the limit break, but I did knock it because I did see a few lags on a couple of situations with uh, the magic. Um, like I was getting right to that point where I was getting ready to pop a Kiraga and I got hit and I died. So yeah, getting your spells interrupted problem. sucks ass too. <laughs> yeah. That bothers me a little bit. Right. Right. When cloud just pops his hand up and gets ready to, to cast it and he gets killed, that bothered me. So that's my one point. I'm a knock on that. Cool. So I'm going to give it a nine too. Uh, and, and, that stems from me not liking the summons and thinking that they were kind of trash. Uh, and then also the, the stagger limit break pain in the ass. Yeah, that makes sense. So then the next category is non-combat mechanics. Um, it's a little hard in this game because I guess non-combat would be just the mini games and roaming around in the side quest. And I think that, uh, we totally glossed over the weapon upgrade system. We won't go back now, but um, I didn't really get the uh, the weapon upgrade system that much. Actually, I made Corey do it all, so I never <laughs> had to learn. He, he lives for I'm, that stuff. He loves like fucking around in the menus and shit. Well, I mean, it's just fun, like Final Fantasy XIII's um, Crystarium system, so there's not really much of a change to it. I mean, you just see the stats. You want to do those stats, you upgrade that, and that's it. Yeah. See, so, so I know it's not my time to talk yet, Scott. So I'm I'm sorry I'm stealing your ahead. thunder, but I did not really pay attention to the. I used the Buster Sword the whole time. I didn't pay attention to the weapon upgrade system, and I barely paid attention to Materia, and it just, it kind of felt like a chore every time I went to go do it. The I I still have not felt as uh, like happy with a stat system as I have with Final Fantasy X. Like I, th- mm. I think the sphere grid is probably like I haven't found anything as uh, as simple yet customizable. Is that? that makes sense to me. The uh, mm. the thirteen the Crystarium was basically the sphere grid, except it took away all your choice until it didn't matter anymore. <laughs> like you were too far into it. The choice is what I wanted. But the <laughs> sphere grid doesn't give you that much choice either. But it gave you the illusion of choice. Or at least the, the North American version of it. <laughs> well, you could kind of like, like if you didn't want Titus to learn black magic stuff instead of hopping over to Lulu's grid, you can go hop over to Orin's grid and start learn, learning right. the stuff that Orin had. So um, I, I thought that was really cool. Until you game shark the shit out of it and, and master everybody's grid. Right. I can't think of any real complaints that I have about the non-combat mechanics. Like everything works pretty fluidly. Yes, there are lots of tra- like transitions going between cliffs and under things and so on. Um, but I mean, there's not really a whole lot that's amazing about it either. Um, so I guess I'll throw an eight at it. So then, what about you, Rich? I'm gonna give it an eight. Actually, yeah, eight. Um, one thing that bothered me is the um, transition for talking to people. Like if you go to the stores, there's that good five, 10 second, like delay of communication. That's what bothered me. So that's the only thing I'm going to give it. The only problem I had. So I'm going to give it a seven. Um, and I know that's kind of low and, and overall, like it is a pretty smooth experience, but the delays when, when, initiating like um 
like like Rich just said, delays when initiating some uh, some conversations. Uh, and then there are weird delays whenever you have to like pull levers. Like Cloud just kind of sits there for like three seconds and then like pulls it. And I, it just feels awkward. I was about to say, at least one of those points for you is because of the levers, right? <laughs> yeah. So, and but also I noticed a lot of times where it seemed like an NPC was just randomly running and just runs in the cloud for no reason. Like it's like like every now and then it's like randomly chaotic and it's just people running into each other. And I was like, why? That doesn't make sense. Like why is uh, why is cloud being bumped into by random NPCs right now <laughs> that seem to be like just running around in circles? So I, I felt like there were like some weird kind of... Um, AI pathways with their NPCs that just kind of seemed annoying. But then also like, I wasn't a big fan of, of how many like uh, hoops you had to jump through to just get from point A to point B. Like I've mentioned several times, like, like no need to climb up three ladders to get to monkey bars, to, to push over a crate, to do a mini game in order to move a box whenever there's like, just climb over these rocks. I don't (laughs) I was just playing the uh, the part in the uh, underground lab last night, like I mentioned, where you play as Barrett. And uh, at one point he goes, if I have to climb another damn ladder. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I feel you. <laughs> yep. Um, all right. Well, then graphics is next. Um, I feel a little conflicted on this one because on the one hand, um, overall, I would say this might be the prettiest game I've ever played. So how could I not give it a 10? But uh, there are some areas, particularly in the slums, and I'm really thinking about um, the Sector 5 slums before you get to like the little town, after you get out of the church. The And I've seen a lot of screenshots of this. It's like the textures like load improperly, and some of them look kind of shit. And then like even though it's amazing to look at, if you look up at the plate uh, from below... It looks cool, but if you really look at it, it kind of looks like a image that they might have like paralleled over the sky map or something. Yeah, but I wouldn't doubt that they did. I'm pretty sure those far back, uh, like far off distances, are totally like like uh, just images. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another example of that is when you're uh, inside the plate on the way to the Sector Five reactor, and you look down at the slums. It, my initial reaction was like, oh shit, we're so high up. But then like you look at it closer, it's like, that's an image. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so I think it looks fantastic. The characters look amazing in general. Everything looks amazing. So I'll give it a nine. It's just that the few like little textures and like s- sort of like shortcuts, it seems that they took, it's almost like there's a bug in some of the graphics maybe. Um, but it looks amazing. And uh, probably overall, all things considered the most beautiful game I've ever played that I can think of. I'm going to give it a nine as well, uh, because definitely the flat textured up in those tall areas uh, stood out. Um, There's a few times that it rendered kind of weird um, going into areas, but other than that, I thought it looked really great. I am going to go ahead and give it a 10. The, like the, the usage of images didn't really bother me. Um, I kind of understand why they would do that instead of, uh, actually like fully rendering that stuff. I do think uh, we, this is another kind of section where we really nailed how beautiful a lot of scenes are, but I just want to give a, like a special shout out to uh, like the, 
area of Aerith's home and then um, just wall market in general. I, I just thought that everything was so well done. I agree. Both of those places look amazing. Okay, so then that goes to music. Um, there is no way in hell I can give this soundtrack, music and sound, no way in hell I can give this soundtrack any less than a 10. The This might be the um, the most beautiful or best soundtrack I've ever heard. Uh, I would have to go back and think about like some other video game soundtracks I really love, but like all the remixes are like pretty much, you know, chef's kiss. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> like there's bangers. Like I would listen to the soundtrack outside of the game. Even the new tracks that have, you know, no, they're like brand new to this game. Most of those are great. I can't really think of a track that I hated. Uh, and then the sound, like I don't have any complaints about most of the hits that you do on enemies. They feel visceral partially because of the sound. Um, I, I can't really think of any complaints. And I was very happy today to receive an email from Square Enix that my pre-order for the seven soundtrack, seven disc soundtrack <laughs> is being processed. So uh, yeah, nice. that's, a, that's a 10 for me, dog. I'm going to give it a 10 as well because the music definitely, it hit. It hit very well and very hard in different in different spots, and the emotional behind it was was great. So, um, no complaints. I enjoyed it. One thing we haven't talked about that theme song, the Ooh. the new theme song Hollow. That might be the yeah. best theme song Final Fantasy has ever done. Like it's not cheesy. Anything Square Enix has ever done. Yeah, yeah. it's better than all the Kingdom Hearts <laughs> songs too. It's not real. cheesy. It's not J poppy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the singer does not sound Englishy. Really, uh, it hits. There's a couple others that are really good, I think, but Hollow, awesome. Yep, dude. Uh, so I wish I could give this more than a ten, and I don't just Same. mean the music because the the music is amazing. Like the the modernized renditions of all of uh, Uematsu's like original soundtracks, awesome. Like the uh, the anxiety song so freaking good and one winged angel of course really really good even though it takes like 15 minutes to get to the part that you actually know <laughs> right uh, <laughs> but i also i also think the the general sounds of the game and the way that they uh incorporated the music into like uh, peak emotional times was the best i've ever seen in a video game and i'm so glad want, you mentioned that i want to specifically point out the ending the, the way that they they ended the game uh, and then went into the, the theme song, the hollow theme song, gave me goosebumps. Like the way they end it with uh, Aerith's sentence straight into that song. Easily the best ending and transition to credits that I have ever seen in a game. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the, uh, the whole like how it switches between cutscenes and battles and like roaming... That's the reason the fucking Midgar took seven discs of music. It's because there's like five variations of every track. <laughs> <laughs> I so I also liked in the Colosseum. So you never really have the traditional like uh, like victory music, but every now and then you get Barrett with a dun 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 dun. I thought that was pretty uh, pretty funny. Yeah, it's funny every time, even if you hear it like three times in an hour. And it's funny that Barrett does it because, like, at this point, I think they've done a really good job of building up Barrett as, like, a really likable dude who just puts on a facade. 
Uh, and I think just having him do that sound is really neat. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, there's one more category. This is the, uh, the bonus category that does not count towards the final score. Final boss. Are we considering the final boss just Sephiroth or is it also the whispers? Oh, it's gotta be Sephiroth. Uh, um, yeah, he is technically the final boss. Because uh, I'm pretty sure he's technically the final boss because I think he is the whisperers manifesting into Sephiroth, but then Sephiroth actually shows up the second time. Um, yeah. Uh, so I'll go ahead and, and throw my score. I'll probably give it a 10. I think Sephiroth is dope, and I think all of it's dope. I do, uh, like you've said, I, I, I fear maybe they blew their load a little too early. That's, that's but, what I thought too. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I just, I, I got hit with so many feels during that entire Sephiroth battle. Like it reminded me of, of like every, like a, watching Advent Children for the first time, like like everything that, um, re, like peak nostalgia. And then One Winged Angel playing in the background. Amazing. It was very Advent Children-y, wasn't it? Yep. It was. What about you, Rich? I'm going to give it a 10 as well because it, I mean, it's Sephiroth. I mean, holy crap. Um, he's such an iconic villain for any, any RPG. I mean, everybody comes back to him as being like one of the top villains and in, in RPG history. So he, the way that he shows up in various parts of the game, um, kind of, you know, pissing off cloud a little bit and screwing with them. And then the very end, dropping some of those one-liners, you know, seven seconds. I mean, all that was just done very well. Even fighting him, what didn't feel very hard. But it's just, you know, that's that's the point of it is that you're it's fighting iconic. Sephiroth. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and the point is that, like, Sephiroth, at, at no point in time does he ever use his full abilities. Yeah. Um, I, I think pointing out Sephiroth, like how Sephiroth kind of antagonizes Cloud throughout the entire game is just so great. I think it, I think this game does a really good job of building up Sephiroth way better than um, the previous Midgar section did. I, so that there's kind of some pros and cons there because, uh, because he wasn't necessarily supposed to be the villain yet with Midgar, but that's all changing now. I'm not going to be quite as generous as you guys because for me, I need a final boss to be at least a little challenging. Well, not to say that he wasn't a little challenging. He was challenging, but not hard. Uh, But it was fucking epic, like you guys said. Um, So I'm going to give him an eight. I just fear for like, how are they going to top that? Like Jay sort of alluded to. For the record, I don't like hard boss battles. <laughs> <laughs> I want the the climax to feel like I earned it, you know, when I get that ending. The, with, the, which is also hard. It, because me earning you, uh, it is spending the, the 20 hours it took me to get to that point. Oh, okay. <laughs> and that brings us to uh, overall feel, which is just how we felt about the game overall. You know, I may have had my complaints, but this is a fucking fantastic remake of at least the Midgar section. I'm, Not a remake. <laughs> right. I'm I'm towards the end of my hard mode playthrough, but I have over 90 hours in this game already. Holy oh crap. God. Yeah. 
And not a lot of that was like banging my head against the wall trying to beat, you know, the fucking bosses in hard mode. Um, so I've really enjoyed it. I loved seeing all this, these characters. Um, despite its flaws, this is an amazing video game. Maybe my game of the generation. I'd have to th- go back and think. Um, but I'm going to, I'm giving the overall feel of the game a 10. I loved it. What about you, Rich? 10. Sorry. I mean, I'm not going to go too much detail on it, but that it's just amazing. The game is itself, the overall, it exceeded my expectations. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give it a 10 too. Um, goal wings. (laughs) (laughs) I guess. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how to express how much I really enjoyed this game, despite all of the uh, like potential flaws that it had. I, I, this is the best game Square Enix has put out in a decade. Easily. Yeah, I, th- I really enjoyed Kingdom Hearts 3, but like I think this is a step above that. I would say this is significantly better than Kingdom Hearts 3 if I'm being totally honest and I love me some Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> but I I don't like I don't think 13 is better than this. I don't think pretty much, I don't think 15's better than this. Um I don't know. I just I'm not thinking I I can't think of very many games that Square Enix has put out that I would say is better than this. Hmm. All right. Well, uh guys, give us a second while we calculate our final RPG after years score. Okay, so the uh, Jay, do you want to tell us the, uh, the final score here? Our final score for the Final Fantasy VII continuation is ninety-two out of one hundred. That is an A minus. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Uh, Not to mention that's probably the highest game that we have rated on the that we've done. It's the highest one on the RPGs. That's because you guys played yeah. terrible games. No, sh- no shit. <laughs> it's all Bill's fault. Actually, I'm always surprised when I do one of these reviews because I feel like I go into it like really liking the game, and then by the time I like suss out my thoughts on each category and add them up, it's like it's always like an eighty, low eighties or like high seventies. I'm like, oh, yeah. I thought I liked the game more than that. Yeah, nothing's perfect. I think that just goes to show that the Seven Remake is uh, something special. Seven yep. Continuation, I- as Jay said. I think we can, uh, you can give a game like kind of lower scores, but still enjoy it. You know, beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. <laughs> right. Um, so real quick, I think we should say that this is already kind of a longish episode. Surprise, surprise. Again. Um, so we did have some listener feedback that we want to get to, and we will get to that, but it's going to be released as a bonus episode later this week. And so we'll reply to that when the time comes. And that's it for our review, isn't it, Jay? Yep, that wraps it up, guys. I, I hope you all enjoyed our uh, playthrough and discussions around the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Continuation. Continuation Remake, sequel the third. Jesus. Hashtag goalwinds. <laughs>
Uh, so what do we got going on next week, Rich? Well, next week is the long-awaited part one of the Alundra review. I mean, this is probably the first time in a while we've had back-to-back-to-back reviews, so that's kind of awesome. Um, the guys will not be around. It will just be myself and Bill and a special guest. Jay and I are going to take like a vacation to like a beach in Maui and just like we're going to have our margaritas kicked back on the beach. Yep. <laughs> you guys need to. <laughs> awesome. So, so quick reminder, the material lockdown is still going on and is going on uh, until the beginning of July. So if you want more information about that, go to materiallockdown.com. And now we'll uh, launch into our plugs. How can people help us the most, Rich? They can rate and review us very kindly. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, you can rate and review us at any of your podcasting services, Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, um, Spotify, wherever you want to do that and rate and review us. Please give us five stars. We'd really appreciate that. Um, Or give us your honest feedback. Um, We definitely like to take that to heart and make some changes if we need to, if we see it necessary uh, that's where you can do it yep and don't forget that we do have a a pretty wicked patreon out there uh shout out and some love to all of our patrons so with that you can get some early episode access ad free episodes you can participate in live video versions that we mostly try to do every episode pending te- technical difficulties uh, we do have bonus episodes like the aftercast and there are some extra not rpg reviews that are out there thanks to scott and Corey's uh video game addiction uh and there's Absolutely. plenty more after that too so you can also email us if you want to send us any questions or things you would like us to talk about on an episode or feedback or anything like that um our email address is rpg after yours at gmail.com we would appreciate hearing from you guys yep and with all of the the rating and reviewing uh and emailing feedback uh, i just wanted to quickly mention that we did get a uh, a review uh that we are taking seriously around our very lengthy episodes uh so know that we are trying to tame ourselves uh, we are very wordy individuals, unfortunately. We're just so, so passionate. May, it may yeah. not be something that we can alleviate just because we, we love talking. Um, but we are taking this this criticism. Um, uh, we're, of course, taking it well, and we are going to be attempting to apply it and improve the podcast any way that we can. Uh, and with that, you can also hit us up on Twitter. Uh, so you can find the show at RPG Years. Uh, you can find me at J-A-Y Hizzle. Don't at me because I won't respond because I'm not on Twitter. <laughs> and you can find me at The Scott Spot. And you can find me at HailBlue1569. I will actually respond to you. Um, and you can find Bill, if you really want to, at Matunica. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right guys so that concludes the long-running review of the final fantasy 7 remake uh so it was a wait that really seemed like an eternity uh but it's already come and gone it's behind us so we hope you enjoyed the interview and enjoyed the game as much as we did uh, so until next time for episode 17 of the rpg after years i'm jay i'm scott and i am ricardo montana toodaloo buckaroos later guys Bye. hashtag goal wings <laughs> <laughs> the beast has been slain 
the world has been saved Our heroes are basking in the after years They rest in the tavern for all to hear The tale of how they banish their fear Revel in the peace That reigns through the land All will know it was by our heroes' hands Here in the after years Here in the RPG after years Here in the RPG after years Fucking um, 